Hello and welcome to the Renaissance Polymath. I'm your host, Toby Gagnon, and this is the third of six episodes where I'm discussing preparedness topics. On this episode, I would like to discuss building a preparedness kit. Let's go ahead and get things started. You've likely heard the terms EDC and bug out bag before. You've maybe even heard other terms and acronyms describing other types of preparedness things such as bags, tools, and even vehicles. Over the course of this episode, I'm going to do my best to define some of these terms and acronyms, tell you what they are and what their intended use case is, and hopefully give you enough information to decide if one or more of them is right for you and your situation and possibly even help you get started building them. Let's start with the acronyms and their definitions. The first I'll talk about is EDC. This stands for Everyday Carry and usually is used to describe the items you carry on your person every day. These would be the things in your pockets and on your body, the things you don't ever leave the house without. For example, I'm sure we all do the dance where we tap our pockets and say to ourselves, wallet, phone, keys. That's EDC. Some folks, like myself, include additional items such as a pen, a flashlight, and a pocket knife. I also have a watch and wear good shoes that I can run in if needed. I'm not really a Crocs and socks kind of guy. The next term I'll explain is EDC bag. This is something that goes with you everywhere, every day, and has items that support your needs. For most women, this would be something like a purse. For me, it's a simple backpack. For others, it could be a sling bag, a fanny pack, a computer bag, or really anything else. The idea is that the bag would carry the items that you either can't carry in your pockets because of size or weight, or things you wouldn't want to carry in your pockets because of local restrictions, or possibly things you would rather just keep hidden from plain sight for the random passerby. An example of something you might keep in your EDC bag would be a battery bank to recharge your phone in an emergency, or a medical kit, or possibly tools that you use on a regular basis for your profession. Continuing with bags, there are a lot of different names out there for them, and they are so named for the purpose they serve. For example, there is a get-home bag, a bug-out bag, an inch bag, which stands for I'm never coming home, an urban survival bag, a 72-hour bag, and many more besides. As you can imagine, the get-home bag is set up and staged in such a manner that it would support your travel to a designated location, such as your house or a specified meeting point. The bug-out bag is something that is typically designed to be a primary and possibly only source of resources to sustain extended periods of survival. In the case of the inch bag, it's commonplace in areas that are at a very high risk of disasters, either man-made or natural, where evacuation is the only way to survive, and the event is very likely to cause complete devastation. In these bags, it is common to find things that are irreplaceable to the owner, such as family heirlooms, copies of important government documents like deeds, birth certificates, marriage licenses, and photo albums. Urban survival bags and 72-hour bags usually have the same principle in mind, but likely will be packed differently simply due to the environment the user would find themselves in, which I'll cover a bit more in detail later on. To close out the discussion on bags, I'd like to remind you that it might be a good idea to set your vehicle up for success as well. Along with ensuring it's properly maintained, it might be beneficial to set up a vehicle bag or kit. This would be something that would be kept with your vehicle and stocked with items designated to support the function and reliability for that particular mode of transportation. Think of this as your vehicle's EDC bag. 
I also encourage you to consider developing a different kit for each vehicle that you own and use. This is likely because the vehicles will have different needs, maybe bolt and fuse types, different uses, functions, ages, etc. Now to talk about building these things. Before we start going around and buying things to put in the kits, bags, and other locations, we need to understand a few things. Like we talked about back in the first preparedness episode, it is important to understand your most likely scenarios or events. Once you have that down, then consider the climate you're going to be located in. Is it hot all year? Is it cold all year? Does it change with the seasons? Is there a rainy or wet season? What about one where droughts are common? Is it commonly very sunny or windy or buggy? What about the locations you'll be traveling to? What about the locations you're likely to have to travel through to get there? What about the locations themselves? What does the population density look like? Are you likely to face violence or other man-made obstacles? What does the infrastructure look like? Are the roads well-maintained? Is there more than one road or route you can take in case you come across something impassable? Are there any restricted areas that you may need to navigate around? Will those areas be as restricted during the scenario or event you're preparing for? Could you possibly change your appearance or obtain valid-looking credentials so you're able to gain access to those restricted areas? What about resource availability? Will you be able to resupply along your route for items you may need, like food, water, fuel, medical supplies, shelter materials, clothing, etc.? What about hospitals and other public safety services? Would they be operational in your scenario? Would they be close enough to provide support? Consider the network you've developed or are a part of. Will you all be traveling from the same place? Will you all be traveling together? Will you be on foot or in a vehicle of some kind? Will there be more than one vehicle? How will you communicate to other members of your network if you cannot have a face-to-face conversation? Does everyone know the plan and the subsequent options should your primary plan dissolve? Do they all have the supplies necessary to survive should the group be separated for any reason? Do you have the skills and knowledge you need in the event of your scenario or event? Does everyone else in your group have a competent level of skills and knowledge to be able to be an asset instead of a liability? Are they maintaining their own physical fitness levels to ensure they can keep up? Are you maintaining your own? Are there any chronic injuries or diseases that need to be managed? Are there any newer ones that have not been taken into consideration? What would you do if someone was injured during the journey? What about your vehicle or vehicles? Are they properly maintained? Do you have spare parts or fuel or tools? I just posed a lot of questions to you. Consider taking the time to go back and re-listen to each of those a few times and jot down things that come to mind before moving on in this episode. Are you all caught up? Good. Let's move on to building these kits. Education. That's where to start. I know it seems like I just keep talking about this, but it is because it's vitally important. Tools are only as effective as the person wielding them, so learn what tools you may need and then learn how to properly use them. I also encourage you not to pack something in a kit or a bag simply because it made someone else's list of what they carry. If you feel like you need it, become familiar with what it does and how to use it the right way to keep yourself safe and make things more efficient and easier. Consider you don't have to be an expert in everything to do with the scenario or event you're planning for, but rather strive for having a general and functional understanding of things. Think jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none. 
Or, to put it another way, maybe try to become a Renaissance polymath. On your educational journey, you're going to come across a lot of resources and so-called experts. Feel free to trust the information you have available to you, but please verify the information is factual and pertinent to you and your preparedness. This includes any information you glean from any of my podcasts or YouTube videos. Lastly, on the topic of education, don't forget to factor yourself into any equation, meaning you need to have a fair and honest assessment of yourself, including your skills, knowledge, fitness, and other factors. Next comes procurement. Finally, now we can buy stuff. My advice here, you often get what you pay for, so don't cheap out where it matters. Additionally, lots of things can add up to a lot of weight. For some kits, this really isn't that important. Think of your vehicle kit. But for others, it's very important. Think your EDC bag. Where weight is a determining factor, along with space, very likely, I strongly encourage you to consider items with multiple uses. A multi-tool is a good example of this. It may not have the best pliers or the best knife or file or a screwdriver, but it does have all of those things in a compact and otherwise lightweight package. However, I would want other items to have a very specific purpose due to the importance of the job being done. An example of this would be a tourniquet. I don't want a multi-tool tourniquet. I want a high-quality, single-purpose tool to keep the literal lifeblood in the body. On a side note, I do not condone the practice of buying a survival kit off the shelf and putting that somewhere and relying on it for actual survival. There are a few reasons for this. First, it is very likely that the items in that kit aren't going to be what you may actually need for the scenario or event that you're planning for, meaning they're mostly useless. Second is that the items that might actually be something you could use are going to be very poor quality. This is because the price of the kit would have to be appealing enough for a consumer to purchase, meaning the actual cost and by extension quality, of the items inside are going to be very low. And lastly, is because you are unlikely to know where everything is inside the kit, things may be packaged inside the bag, and also you may not know how to use them properly. For these and many other reasons, I strongly encourage buying the individual items and building the kit yourself. When it comes to putting everything together, I recommend redundancies where possible. If you can put a spare flashlight or batteries in your bag to supplement the one you have on your person, then do it. If you can put spare medical supplies inside your vehicle kit, then do it. Additionally, I encourage you to put items that would get used frequently, like a flashlight or medical supplies, in extremely accessible places inside your kits. You don't want to be wasting precious time digging everything out of your bag to get to that bleeding control kit you buried at the bottom. Another suggestion for bags that will be visible to the public, like an EDC bag or a get-home bag, would be to have them blend into your environment. In an urban environment, consider bags that don't look tactical in nature. Try to avoid visible molly systems, camouflage patterns and colors, and oversized bags in general. Conversely, consider not carrying a laptop bag into the middle of the woods. The reason for both of these would be to discourage anyone from giving you a second look. If you appear to be facing the same difficulties as those around you, it is unlikely someone would really notice you or remember you later on. Why is that important? People, when driven to extremes, will do extreme things to ensure their survival or the survival of a loved one. 
If you look like the tactical guy in the city or the guy with the expensive gear in the woods, you may become a target for unwanted attention that could lead to you fighting to keep your resources. Don't advertise your supplies or level of preparedness if you can help it. So that about wraps up this episode, but I would encourage you to do your own continued research and education. I'll make sure to link to the things I discussed in this episode in the show notes. On the next episode, I will be discussing everyday preparedness. If you have any feedback, feel free to send me an email at podcast at therenpo.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-N-P-O.com. I would also appreciate it if you left a review wherever you podcast. That helps this show be discoverable to others and helps me understand where things can be improved. Don't forget to subscribe and auto-download new episodes so you don't miss any of the future topics. Thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.